Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. All right, all right, all right. How is everybody doing tonight? Steve Green here from Make the Great. This week's edition, the 10th, number 10, lucky 10, Education Live Thursday. We're here in the studio, and uh, we have a fantastic guest tonight. And I, I got to tell you, I made a list. I didn't want to forget anybody, uh, and I really want to acknowledge all the guests. I've had 10 guests, first 10 weeks, and they've all been fantastic. I've gotten great feedback, 100%, 100%, five-star, fantastic feedback. And I know the guest tonight's going to just keep that streak going, right, Jerry? <laughs> He's in the green room here. But uh, anyway, so I just want to acknowledge, here's what we do. Here's what we do at Thursday Night Live Education, Thursday Education Live. Topics in education, okay, which is very, very broad. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But the whole focus is on helping parents to help their children to succeed academically, okay? So sometimes we're talking academics, a little bit more today, we're talking finances. So I just wanna thank Phoenix Badmiss, my first guest, guest one, how to succeed in college, she was fabulous. Uh, Linda Hollenbach, how to get into college, how to maximize your college resume. Hallie Steinberg, talking about nutrition, how to keep your body, your mind strong. Patty Lou, if you're an athlete, how do you get the scholarships, how do you maximize that piece of it? Carly Myers, Stress Less, that's her company, just how to relax, how to get rid of that test anxiety. Samantha Feynman, executive coaching expert, tremendous. And, and I got to thank Samantha doubly because she had me on her show as well, and we had some really good stuff with that. Sarah Lorraine, school psychologist, how to not get taken advantage of if you have an IEP, how to get the accommodations that you deserve and you're entitled to. Uh, Katrian Van Riet, our first international guest, all the way from Holland. In Europe, talking about how they teach over there. A little bit different than here. The online world, things like that. Uh, last week, we had kind of a MASH replay. And this week, my guest, a guy named Jerry Gross. And I met Jerry uh, over the summer. And you know what? You know what? You know what the reality is? Let, let's just call a spade a spade here. College is very expensive. Anybody want to disagree with that? Yeah, nobody. That's what I thought. So I'm going to bring Jerry in. We're going to talk about mitigating costs doing what you can do to uh, help yourself and help your family. Not going broke, because listen, we, we all believe in education, right? But we don't want to go broke doing it. And here he is, Jerry Gross, the one, the only, the famous, the one, the only, Jerry Gross. How are you, Jerry? Hi, uh, good evening. Good evening. Yes, it is evening. It is freezing out here. I, I'm not a cold weather person. How do you feel about cold weather? I hate the cold weather. Yeah, me too. Why aren't we in Florida or the Caribbean right now? My daughter's in Florida. And she's the smart one. Yeah, right, right, right. We got moving stuff. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about Jerry, and we are going to start our conversation. Jerry is an MBA, a CLU. I don't know what that is. He can tell us. A CHFC. I don't know what that is either. He also owns Jerry Gross Financial. 1981. I was in college in 1981. That's how long this guy's been working. Uh, focuses on college and retirement planning. Offers counsel to help people decide when the best time to take Social Security, take long-term care, parenting independent financial consultant, and insurance agent. 
Jerry's uh, on his second marriage, second pair in the first. A lot better. Okay. <laughs> Not really why you got you here, but, you know, sometimes right. it goes that way. Now he's got four kids, as they call it now, a blended family, but they're all yep. out of school. They're all college graduates. All got their own lives. One of them gave him a grandkid, and they're all over the country, from what I can tell. I got one in New York, one in Florida. Where's the other one? Uh, somewhere in Bucks County. Right. But anyway, it's not about them. This is about Jerry Gross. So, Jerry, here's the operative question. How do parents, and we can talk about this for a while tonight, but not go broke, literally, well, or going to hawk, send their kids to college? I know you can't answer that in one sentence. Is there a quick and dirty? Then we're going to break it down into the minutia. So – uh, what I'm going to talk a little bit about today is not textbook stuff because it's very easy to learn it. What I'm going to talk about is all the stupid mistakes I personally made with my two kids uh, financially. Some of the things I, I got lucky with. And, um, and it's funny is before my kids went to college, I would teach college planning. Mm -hmm. And now that they've been through it and I've been through it, I have a completely different opinion about college planning, financial college planning, than I did when I would teach people about it before I went through it myself. So you so how have, you go broke is don't have kids is the kids the answer. Don't have kids. The cows are out of the corral for that for some people. <laughs> but uh yeah. I, I yeah, so that's another discussion. But right, exactly. uh yeah. All I can tell you is that uh, go ahead. I had set, my daughter went for seven years, four years undergrad, and three years of law school. Okay. And my son went four years undergrad and then one year uh, for his master's degree. Mm -hmm. During about an eight-year window, I put zero money into my retirement account. Meaning is every dollar that I earned, even though I did some good things, all my extra money went to help them for college. Hmm. And none of that money went into my name for my future retirement. So when you say go broke, it was a tough, and I really you know commend parents who deal with it. It was really tough eight, nine, ten years getting extra money for my job, but then using it to pay for college expenses and college-related expenses and things that happened that is not in the textbook of what you spend when your kids go to college. Right, right. You, never, you, you plan, but you can't plan for everything. Yeah, right. So you have a unique combination right. of book knowledge, Correct. professional knowledge, street smarts, if we can call it that. I mean, you got two kids you put through school. Right. And you, you got, a, a, let's call it experience on your side because you're not exactly a spring chicken, right? Correct. <laughs> so, okay. So let, let, let me do it this way. Let's break this down into some categories. We want to talk about savings. Talk about some insurance options. Right. Talk about financial aid, maybe mitigation, or, or maybe ways to get more of it. So let's start with savings, okay? Okay. So is this the sort of thing that like somebody has a baby, they're at the hospital, the day they get home, they should call their financial guy and start a savings plan? What's your viewpoint on this? Okay. So it, what I did was when I had my first child, uh, I did start putting away three hundred a month into um, an account for her to go to college. And my goal was that if she was going to go to a state school, which she did, she went to Temple, my goal was to have 100 grand by the time she was 18. I, I didn't get to 100 grand. I got close, but I didn't get grand. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started probably when she was two. I put 300 a month in 
and that was my plan to save for her to go to college. But I also didn't save enough money for myself for now. Like you said, I'm not a spring chicken. I was a spring chicken, but now I'm not a <laughs> It probably would have made more sense to take that 300 that I was putting away for her, for her college, and use it, maybe help me have more money now than I had because of putting it away for her college. Assuming <laughs> that you have limited dollars to invest. Well, look, we're all not billionaires, right? right. I mean, you may be, I'm not. But right. um, And listen, just, just to be clear, the spring chicken comment was a compliment. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so... Okay. So plan, let's call plan A, save money. I mean, that makes sense, right? You, right. you sit there, you say, well, we project that um, Temple, I mean, I put two kids through Temple, love it. Right. Um, it's going to cost X, got so many years to do it, X amount of month, so much appreciation and interest and all that. Right. Maybe you got it covered. Um, and and um, for maybe lack of a better term, and correct me if I'm wrong in the vocabulary, I'm going to call it kind of a traditional plan, right? Now, now, as you pointed out correctly, though, what it did was it was an impediment to you building your nest egg. Correct. Because, you know, you've you, you got a limited window to do that. We can't keep dumping money away when we're 82. Correct. That's where we're spending it. So what are some creative financing, some some other ways people can do this and maybe have their egg, uh, egg have their cake and eat it too? Um, and, and, you know, get the kids their education because in my world, and most of the parents I interact with, education is a priority. They're, they're right. willing to invest the money. It's, it's, this is not a question, is it money well spent or not, at least to a degree. Um, the question is, how are you going to pay for it? Right. So, give, so give me some insights so on that. My, my daughter's 30, right? So she mm -hmm. was in college 12 years ago. And 12 years ago, had I used that money for myself, I would probably be better off now where what turned out to be is that what I did? I use this term now, but I didn't use it then. It's e It's when you when your kids go to college, you can borrow money for college. You can borrow money in your in the parent's name, called a parent plus loan, or you can borrow money in their name, just regular loans. Okay. But when you get to almost retirement, you can't borrow money for retirement unless you have a rich aunt that's going to die and leave you money. Right. So college, you can borrow retirement. You can't. So he or she that has more money at 65 years old is better than he or she who doesn't have money at 65 years old. So, Assuming you have your health. So let's just be clear. We're, we're not here uh, giving quote unquote financial advice. Right? Right. I mean, I know you're uh, uh, certified or whatever. Right. You can do this, but in this particular forum, we're not telling somebody go borrow money for college directly. Correct. Thing, an alternative strategy is if you run the numbers and you do the math, you're better off banking the money, letting it grow interest and compound over that 10 or 15, 20 years and borrow money at whatever, I don't know, three, five, whatever a loan for college is, and then dealing with the debt that way. Correct. Okay. Well, first of all, what you, you, the first strategy, if you can, is once the as you probably work with those kids, if he, if the kid can get some scholarship money, then obviously mm -hmm. it's one less dollar you're paying towards college. Yeah, always. So the kid when he hits fifteen, you know your job is to make sure that kid is getting great grades, doing well in the SATs. Mm -hmm. And the third important thing, which is almost as important as SATs and ACTs, 
or making sure that kid has a lot of extracurricular activities. Yes. If they have that, like my daughter went to Temple, she got money because she was very busy in high school. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that being busy in high school was going to help me when she went to Temple because Temple threw money at her, good grades, good SATs, and then extracurricular. I was running around like a crazy person when she was 14, 15, 16. But then because of that, Temple threw money at her, which I was very grateful for. (laughs) So the first thing is make sure your kid at 16 years old is busy and active in the community so that a college will throw some money at you. Mm -hmm. And every dollar that they throw at you is one less, is more dollars you can save for your eventual Retire. Let me, let me just bring up this though, because I hear this from parents. Temple's a great school. You get a great education, but it's right. not it's not exactly uh, the most expensive school in the world, right? Correct. So what do you say to a parent I, I don't know, who makes $103,000 a year, which is a decent living, but where we, you know, the cost of living isn't cheap. And then they're trying to send their kid to a school to 65 grand. Okay, so my first question that I'm hearing is, what's what's the kid want to do when they're done? I mean, I mean, you know, what is your the kids go to law school? If the kids go to law school or graduate school or medical school, the undergrad program is not as important as the the next college. Okay. So what's wrong with the kid going to Temple for four years and Mm -hmm. saving the parents some money, and then going to a better law school, medical school? dental school, spend the money there and not spend it so much on your undergrad program. So what you're basically NYU to study social studies and astronomy as as Mm -hmm. a business major, when he gets a great degree from Penn State or Temple, the Fox School at Temple has to be as good as the business school at Harvard, in my opinion. After that's done, and it's a lot less masters at Harvard, then let mm-hmm. them go there for two years. So basically, what you're saying is is put the mo- put. I want to make sure I say this right. Invest where you're going to get the biggest bang for your return, which is where your terminal degree is. Correct. So if, if you if you know correct. you're going to go to law school and you want to come out at a, a higher credentialed law school, you know, yeah, Harvard Law School or whatever, get 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 your paperwork to get to that level at a place when you you have better economics. Correct. Assuming okay. economics is important. Well, I, I, I mean, that's kind of the you point. You use the example of parents are making a hundred grand. It's cheaper to send them to Temple than to Harvard. If they, well, if they get I'm just saying, I, where people get caught is that window where you make too much to get a lot of aid. Like you, you go to fill. We're not really getting into the whole FOSFA thing here, right? But you fill out a FOSFA form, right? right. And you, you, you declare out you made one hundred three thousand dollars, right? Well, that's too high to get a lot of guaranteed aid, but you're in that window. Now you're too low to pay it out of pocket. Correct. Because you can't pay 65% of your, of your gross revenue. You know, you got mortgages, whatever you got, a million expenses in your home. Maybe another kid. Well, yeah, we're not even going that direction, but yeah, I had two in college at once. Me too. Yeah. So, um, so what are some alternative things? I mean, you and I have talked a little bit, um, what are some, some th- maybe out of the box ish, or maybe, um, things people wouldn't consider funding avenues that, that you might recommend. Okay. So the first thing is 
using that hundred grand salary parent, they still have a shot at a little financial aid package, even at Temple or at Penn State. Okay. Two hundred grand, they don't have. They're not getting anything. But a hundred grand, there's a chance. The second thing they're going to look at is assets in the parent's name and assets in the child's name. It, let's say the child has a really nice grandparents that have been putting away some money in that child's name in the child's social security number. Mm -hmm. And let's say there's thirty grand in that plan, like an UTMA thing or something. Yeah, an UTMA. Yeah. Okay. That thirty grand's going against that child's financial aid package. Hmm. So I might tell the grandparent sell it when the kid's 16 or 17, put it in a fund, maybe help the kid with a, a computer down the road, because now that set 30 grand in the in the kid's name is going to go against him or her when they apply. So they're so going to a, 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 a family contribution in that family contribution plot. plot. The second hmm. is if the parent has money in their own name, like in a Vanguard fund or in a bank, if they have more than 50 grand in those accounts and you're using your example, they're making a hundred grand in total income. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not going to get any financial aid. So yeah. the key is move those monies into accounts that don't count. So they have a, more of a chance of getting a financial aid back. Can you give an example one of these without disclosing anything? Certain kind of annuities don't count. Okay. You can use a cash value life insurance policy that doesn't count. All right. Money that's in your retirement account, your IRAs and your Roth IRAs, they don't count. So so if you're trying to decrease your family contribution. Correct. And you had $10,000, you're better off having it and, and, and overfunding your IRA or your Roth or whatever you Correct. want. Then you are keeping it in your checking account. Or, or your Vanguard account. Now, you or may say, well, how do they know? Well, after you fill out the FAFSA form, you follow it up with your tax return. Right, right. Well, your tax return right there tells everybody how much money you have mm -hmm. because you're paying tax on that money but if you have money in a roth ira or in a, a cash value life insurance or an annuity that's not on the tax return i call that a hidden asset the mm -hmm. college doesn't know about it so now you have a better chance of a financial aid package than the parent who has 50 grand in the bank or 50 grand at vanguard which is sort of unshielded so to speak correct hmm it's right there on the tax return. You can't even get away with it. And look, I just threw the hundred thousand and the sixty yeah. in college is random. Right. No, there are a lot of people don't have that kind of revenue. And I've got parents yeah. who make sixty grand, but happen to have sixty grand in Vanguard for maybe an inheritance, and they mm -hmm. didn't get any financial aid. Where another parent what do, they do? How do how do they cover the costs? Or the kids just take loans up the wazoo? Or the parents take parent plus loans. Hmm. And then. Uh, which I also talk about, I talk barely about parent plus loans because here's another thing we learned, my wife and I. Let's say the child graduates college, and this happened with my daughter, and they get a really low income job. So lawyers, some lawyers graduate law school and they become a corporate attorney and they make up, you know, 150 to start. Well, they can afford their loan payment. Uh, right. They're three thousand. Well, didn't want to go corporate law. She wanted to do family law. Well, a family attorney graduating college law school makes 40 grand, 50 grand. No way she can make, pay a $2,000 a month in, in loans. Hmm. So what I learned talking about experience, if a kid comes out of college and gets a low paying job, they can negotiate the loan based on their income. 
It's almost sort of like a refi kind. Correct. Of. But if the parents has the loan and the parents make it 60, 70, 80 grand, the only thing the parent can do is when they try to refinance that loan, they can stretch it, but they can't really reduce it. So the lesson is, if I'm hearing you correctly, the student takes the loan, not the parents. As much as possible, you put the loans in the students. Have more fle- but the reason you're you're saying is because they have more flexibility if needed later. Correct. Hmm. And not every hmm. not every student comes out making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year from yeah. their job. Yeah, I don't. My kid didn't. <laughs> right. So if the loans were in their name, and mine either. So if the loans were in their name, you can restructure it based on income. Where if it's in the parent's name, it's very hard to restructure, assuming the parent is making a decent income. Hmm. Hey, everybody. Jerry Gross, financial advisor on Education Life Thursday. Steve Green here from Make the Grade. Education Life Thursday is sponsored by the Success Community, your place for complete support for academics, all thing academics, www.makethegrade.community. Check it out. And next week, look for the Black Friday special. It is unbelievable. I've seen it. I got some insider info. It's tremendous. Um, Jerry, what, what, uh, let's say you were going to start all over. Let's say you were, you know, a young guy, just fell in love, having a little kid. What would you do differently? What would you tell to, you know, a, a kind of a new young family right now? Well, I, I mean, in our, in our world, it was all about education and activity. Assuming education is a priority. Right. What's that? Assuming education, education was a priority. A priority. Correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, being Jewish, they also had went to Hebrew school. Um, mm-hmm. act, active is crazy in the in the community. Um, act, you know, part time jobs, um, all kind of things that they did to be busy. I guess the, I would always say the busier they are, the less time they spent hanging out at the corner of Seven Eleven, smoking, <laughs> getting in trouble, and, yeah, right, you know, right, getting in trouble. Probably did that anyway. <laughs> so, when you, so I would not have done much different with that. I mean, I'm glad I had two kids. I'm glad they were, you know, as what you know, they knew they were going to college. They did well in college. They both got some money a little bit in college. Uh, I probably would have had uh, less money saved for college and more money for me. Uh, I, I would have done that more more that way. Um, but not, I've seen a lot of people make some really, really bad mistakes on, on on doing that. Like you said, I've had I've had a kid go to. I actually talked him out of it. He was going to go to NYU um, for a bachelor's degree, Same and he didn't even know what he wanted. Like he didn't even know what his major was going to be. Hmm. Just so went to like, Soho. Years go to Penn State and then go to hmm. NYU. You know, and then you know, then you, you'll at least know what your major is going to be. I'm asking this from the perspective of education. What what would you say is the worst or biggest mistake you've seen a, a, a family make? And, and not that they're doing the it on purpose, right? What was it? The kid is not busy. Okay. So I had a kid, went to Ben Salem High School. His SAT scores were as high as could be. His great, his GPO, GPA was over four. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get into any of the Ivy League schools. You know why? He did president of the chess club or whatever, right? He did nothing but study. He didn't have a part-time job. He didn't do any extracurricular. He didn't even help. You know, we had a program um, called Building Bridges, I think, and uh, my wife's daughter did that. She Mm -hmm. would actually leave the school, go to another school, and help kids that had 
reading problems than math problems. And my son did that with people. With, he was good at math, and he would help kids with who weren't really good at math. So what you're saying is you got, doing that. So the parents have to plan for the finances. Correct. The kids have to, and, and I've had other people on this uh, show and in my podcast talking about this. There's a whole different categories of your buckets you're trying to fill for your college resume application, as it were. Um, let's talk about this for a second. Um, what do you say to a parent who, let's say they got a, we got because some people are planners, right? The kid's born, they're setting up a 529 two days after the kid's born, all that. Is there advice you can give a parent who, let's say, is a 14 or 15 year old and for whatever reason just hasn't been able to put money away? They don't have anything in a fund or, or not enough. They know they're going to be short. Kids 15, 16, two, three years ago, they, they can't, tough to save substantial amount for that time period. W what's your advice there? All right. So, is the kid like extra? Is he extra or is he average? I, I'm just I'm I'm let's completely compartmentalize this in the financial space. I, what there's not I know I did it and there's nothing wrong with if, if there's a financial issue and the kid isn't great. There's nothing wrong with starting at a community college for a year or two. Okay, so just just keep your costs down. Or give the kid a chance to prove that they're going to do well. You don't let's have say, to. Let's say it's a really strong student. And the parents just don't, they just don't have the cash. They just, they, whatever, whatever. Right. Once you know the first year or two, you're taking um, boring classes, right? Gen ed. They, 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 the term they use in college is gen ed. Huh? Gen ed, right? Gen that's ed. Right. That's what they, that's the official term. Just right. Right. All right. Gen ed. So <laughs> there's nothing wrong if the kid goes to Bucks County Community College for a year or mm -hmm. community college for a year, stays at home. Because they didn't save money, right? But but if the kid's extra great, he might be able to go to a Temple or Penn State and get a nice little financial aid package. Hmm. You don't know that yet until the kid applies. But you do know in the junior year, if the kid is a B average and didn't do great in his SATs and doesn't have a lot of extracurricular, you know he's going to get in the Temple, but he's not going to get any uh, – He's not going to get a financial. But from a financial standpoint, is, is there any, like, does it even help to save $100, $200 for two years? I guess everything helps, but. Yeah, you, you, it's going to pay for his yeah, lunch. Right, pay for uh, right lunch one day. Exactly. Um, Jerry Gross, financial planner. I know you do other things, so let me right. give you a chance to kind of plug your larger business. Who's your kind of ideal client? You know, who do you provide well, service for? First of all, I do in the financial planning. I probably have two sets of clients. One is people that are getting closer to retirement and in retirement. Mm -hmm. We try to plan what to do with your money. Um, we have an election that we still don't have a, a, a direct answer. Uh, we have a virus. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how soon I'm going to take. So the market's a little bit nuts right now. So a lot of planning is the what ifs and the way to hand, handle the what ifs is don't have it all in one basket. We try to diversify it as much as I can. And mm -hmm. when, you, when you're no longer a spring chicken, as you said about me, I start talking about long-term care planning. Make sure if God forbid you get sick or hurt and you need home care or nursing home, try to make sure you can protect your assets um, from, from, from that. So I've been doing a lot of that. So 50, 60, 70, we're doing more uh, retirement planning. And then, as you know, uh, as I told you, that all four of our kids are done college, and all those kids are making money. And I've actually worked with some of 
those kids that are millennials, helping them put away two, three hundred dollars a month into a plan for their when they get gray hair. How would people reach you, Jerry? I'll put this in the show notes. But okay, so I have two well, two ways is my phone number is two one five three five five four five four four. That's the uh, the hotline, right right, right to your desk. And Jerry Gross Financial is my website. Okay. So listen, if you're out there, you have questions. uh, You know, the purpose of tonight was not to answer every single financial considering exists. But I think the message, take-home message here is be smart. Use your different options. There are plenty of financial tools and vehicles and uh, whatever they're called, uh, things out there that can help you. But also, the kids got to kind of pull their weight as well, right? I think, Jerry, you know. Well, you know. And also, there's shots that they can fill out paperwork to get some financial aid packages too. Yeah. I know my wife's daughter went to uh, the Jewish Federation, and mm-hmm. she she got, I think, $4,000 a year for four years nice. from them based on, again, she had the grades, she had the SAT scores, and she had mm-hmm. the extracurricular. If she was just the an average person, I don't think she would have got that award. I, I'm ha- I have a person coming on in January whose specific service is, right. is helping people find scholarships. I'm interested right. exactly what they're going to have to say. Right. Steve Green, Education Live Thursday edition number 10. Jerry, you will always be the 10th guest on this show. That's my favorite number, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Darren Dalton's yeah. number. Who else? Favorite, favorite baseball player was Larry Bowe. He was number Larry Bowe was number ten. Yes, he was. Yeah. So was Darren Dalton. I'm trying right. to think who else was. My wife's favorite yeah. guy, Darren Dalton. Kind of a soccer guy. Pele was ten. Uh, right. Else was ten. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty of people who were ten. Um, Jerry, I want to thank you for coming on. Take some time out of your busy day. You got a lot going on over there. Um, people out there, my goal with this show and everything I do, the podcast, everything, the community is to give parents and children, students, actions, things they can do to maximize their education, to be better students, more effective students, things like this. A lot of it's classroom based, a lot of it's home based, but some of it is you got to take care of these things. You got to think about these things, finances. It's not something people like to think about. Sometimes it's painful, but when you have a plan, it's much, much easier. That's why I'm happy for somebody like Jerry to come in and give us some insights. Jerry, you want to, uh, anything you, you had to get yeah. a chance to say? My, my to wife actually came out with, a, with, with something we learned. And this is again, the kid who, who has maybe lower assets and lower income. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can make a better deal with a private college versus okay. a state college. Hmm. So let's say, um, why is that? Cause they have more money to give. So, like, let's say you want to go, like LaSalle. All right. Private school, college. for those that don't know, right? Yeah. So, LaSalle, 60 grand for everybody, except if you qualify. Temple's 30 grand. Yes. But if you apply to LaSalle as a private school and you get a really nice financial aid package, no, LaSalle might be actually less expensive than Temple. Because Temple mm-hmm. might give you a little bit, but LaSalle might give you a lot and bring it down. So Temple, your your retail, so to speak, is 30 and you get five and eight year 25. Right. Now your retail 60, but they give you 40 and eight year 20. Right. Hmm. A lot of people don't know that, and I didn't know that. But at what point would you what is that after you get accepted? Is that a negotiation as you apply? Oh. I mean, I know the answer to this, but I'm gonna let you talk about well, it. Well, so you know, once you get the award package, and you can always call up to deal with the there's a lot of people that actually do that for a living. 
let's say LaSalle gives you 30, but Drexel gave you 35. Mm-hmm. And now they're close. You can call LaSalle and say, my kid really wants to go to LaSalle, oh, you know, no, right. whatever. If you can just give us five more to get match it to Drexel, and then you can email them the Drexel offer, you might be able to get it. You know, let's sound like throw in the extra five. It's like you need an agent. You need an agent anymore. Well, you can do it yourself. Or there's, there's college planners that do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Hmm. But the thing too they, is, they take 20% of what they get you. Yeah, but the thing <laughs> too is, the kid who has more extracurricular will get more favors. He's you know, on the you know, with more money. Right. right. He's on the soccer team or he's on the debate team or, you know, he, he's going to help. He helps people with math or whatever. Those kids get more scholarship offers than the kid who got a perfect SAT score. The renaissance person. That's what the colleges seem to want these days. All right. We are going to wrap this up. Once again, Jerry Gross, Jerry Gross Financial. Really appreciate it. Uh, I I hope everybody got value out of this. Uh, Again, Jerry uh, has an office in Feasterville, Pennsylvania, if you don't know where that is, a little bit north of Philly. Right. Gross Finn, G-R-O-S-S-F-I-N at AOL.com, 215-355-4544. Look for this, uh, the replay, if you need it. Hopefully those of you who saw it live have some ideas, reach out to Jerry, get a conversation going, and we'll go from there. Next week is Thanksgiving. You know what that means? Education Live Thursday is going to take a break. I know I can hear the people crying all over North America, shedding tears. I know, I know. I was thinking about doing a Friday, Black Friday special edition. I still may, still may, but it probably won't be Thanksgiving night. Um, and then we're going to back off a little bit in December, but I already have guests lined up all through January into February, some really, really interesting ones. And if you or anybody you know wants to be a guest on Education Live Thursday, reach out. S screen at make the grade.net right underneath us right there. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Let's get the theme music going here and uh, we will see you next week. Jerry, thanks again. We'll be in touch. You've been listening to make the grade with the success doctor, Stephen green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.